0: Welcome back once again to Season 4 of the podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Blackwood. As many of you know, I wrote my autobiography as a survivor of human trafficking. It's called Custom Justice. But if you didn't know, you do now. Keeping in line with that, this entire season and last season has been focused on interviewing people who did or plan to write about their own experiences as trauma survivors and how they overcame the past. And as much as we all hate commercials, they are a necessary evil these days. This is what keeps the show on the air. You can also show your support by purchasing one of my many books or donating through PayPal or leaving a review on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. You can find the links for the books or donation options in the podcast description. As always, a portion of the proceeds go to local organizations that help fight human trafficking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. It is me, Amanda Blackwood, back yet again this week. I have with me for a very special episode for um, November 11th. Who out there doesn't know what November 11th is? It is Veterans Day. Uh, Also, my dear friend Mark's birthday. Today, I have a Lieutenant Colonel, Jason Pike. He was in the military for 31 years, and he's got quite the, the history uh, nine years overseas, five countries, but what a story uh, this lieutenant colonel has. I am super excited to bring him on the show and have him share his story with you uh, and to share a little bit more details about what it is that he's done with his life and the book that he's written and all of the stuff that he has seen and done because, wow, it's incredible. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you very much. I'm very proud. I'm very honored to be on your show.
0: I am excited to get to know you. You've had, a, you've had, pardon my language, a hell of a ride. Um,
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: <laughs> and I know you've heard way worse than that, especially being in the military, uh, but I don't typically speak worse than that in my own life. Okay. Um, <laughs> so where are you originally from? Where did you grow up?
1: I'm, I'm from a small town called Fingerville, South Carolina. Really, that's a a town called Fingerville. It's a very small town and it's in the northern part of the state of South Carolina, Rolling Hills, Piedmont, and I was from the country. I'm from the country, uh, a country boy, and a a country boy can
0: survive, I guess. So that's that's where I'm from, yeah. Wow. I've never heard of it, so of course, that's a really good indicator that it's a tiny place. (laughs) (laughs) What made you want to join the military?
1: Oh, at the time, I didn't feel there was nothing else I could do because I had failed the first grade uh, academically. I was challenged. I still am <laughs> academically. Reading and writing are my worst subjects. Oh, well, oh, by the way, I'm an author of a book, but that's a <laughs> story. No, no, really, I thought that in, in the, 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 the counselors and, and, and the teachers and, and even the parents kind of, eh, you know what, you, you ain't going to be pr- – and the SAT scores, or the entrance exam scores to the college, they, they proved that I couldn't go. So the military was sort of the option at the time. Uh, that's kind of why I chose it. And, yeah, where I'm from and Fingerville, South Carolina, or in that area, it's very patriotic. And that's just something that we do. It's not... I mean, we just look up to military and
0: that's just kind of how
1: I thought about things at the time. Yeah.
0: Right. And it totally makes sense. My father was from upstate New York in the Catskill Mountains, also very patriotic area. um, And they looked up to service members. My grandfather was in the Navy. My father joined up in the Air Force at the very end of uh, Vietnam. Um, It's pretty cool when you grow up in that kind of a neighborhood and that kind of a, a, a township, I got to say, uh, you kind of feel like this this camaraderie, even yeah. if you're not a part of the military yet, you're still a part of that family.
1: That's yes, me. and it really depends on wherever you're, you, you could, there are certain places you can say, well, I'm in the military. Uh, like you meet a girl, I'm in the military. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> and, then, <they're, laughs> and then the other places you can go to, I'm in the military. Oh, you're automatically a hero. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to go to those places where those girls think I'm a hero. <laughs> They'll me to their father and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it really is regional, uh, regional area type of
0: thing. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely can hear that. Uh, so, you went through some stuff in the military um, kind of briefly. You mentioned something about some backstabbing, ghost lighting, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, yeah. What happened? How did everything go so sideways for you?
1: Yes, and I was a senior guy in the military. I'd already accomplished a whole lot of things. I was, I was a Man. lieutenant colonel. I was in South, South Korea as a place that we go to for assignments and things. Um, and I had been senior. I had been recently promoted to a lieutenant colonel. A lieutenant colonel would be a senior person in the military. Well, um, uh, what happened was I pissed a few people off by telling some senior people that I didn't care to publish material of research I didn't care to go that route. Now, it's a, it was a professional discussion about my job and their job and what I felt that I could do contribute. And everybody has a territory. Everybody has a niche, I guess, in life, and there are, are you know, territorial. And I, I walked on uh, I, I stepped on a few toes telling some folks that were in powerful positions that I didn't care to do publications of papers. And it, that was more of, more of a professional thing but they took it personal and they went ahead and tried to ghost light my ass and throw me under the bus um you know take me it's called the takedown i never you know i'd been around i I had been in lots of situations even up to that time and i never knew the games that could be played in the government or in the army or in the military at a senior level that i was at it was sort of a it was a broadside so it was a it was a it was, it was something that I'd never been through and it was all total bullshit that occurred over more than two and a half years, I guess, over there in South Korea. So, and that was just, that's where I was located at and me and my family were there. Well, okay. So what happened was in the beginning, they said, well, you know what? Um, I think you're a pedophile. It means, you know, oh. so once they said that to me it says, we're, we're going to, if you're a pedophile, We're going to, you know, you ain't going to be any good in the military. We're going to get your ass. And I've I've never wanted to kill anybody, really, personally. I mean, we're trained to kill in the military, but that's just our profession. But I'm talking about a personal level of killing. And once they said that shit, it really pissed me off. And I thought I was going to lose my mind. I've never been angry to the point of almost passing out and seeing red. And once they said, that, that that bitch, she didn't even have a damn child. She never n- grew up. you know. So what I'm saying is, like, when they accused me of that, and then the the rumor went around. It went around the damn town of the little base we are on that I'm a damn pedophile. I was like, oh, my God. People looking at me and even my wife a little differently. And I said, no, I, you just want to go and beat the shit out of some people, and you can't do that because if they're willing to go to that game, what are they going to – so you're having to like hold back your emotions and things of that nature. Well, bottom line is that was just a rumor, and it went around, and then it went away. And then when it didn't work, then I faced a year later a federal investigation of spying. I was considered someone who was a spy to the government. I was, I was someone who had been – they thought that I would have been – now, this was a formal act. Uh, the the pedophile crap was just a rumor and that hurt a lot but then once that didn't work they went ahead and did another thing and uh which was uh, uh, subversion and espionage against the u.s government so this was a formal charge uh it went through a hotline someone anonymously put some bullshit out there through a hotline a hotline is a way of communicating to authorities that there's something going on It, it could be Sexual deviancy. It could be spying. It could be criminal activity. It's a way to try to notify authorities that you might want to check somebody out, even though you don't have any proof about it. But, you know, false accusations. They can fuck up people. They can screw people's lives up. And, uh, and that's, that's what happened. And with that particular uh, accusation that was formal, I had to go face the Criminal Investigation Division of the U.S. Army and also military intelligence of the U.S. Army. What it was is they said, you're coming up on the hill on Yongsan, Yongsan Garrison, South Korea. We're going to take you up there. We're going to we're going to They had two rooms. They had uh, me in one room and my commander in the other room. And they had two sets of CID, Criminal Investigation Division uh, of the U.S. Army, and two sets of MI in military intelligence. They're going to brief both of us at the same time and in the same kind of location right next to each other on what's going to happen. And what I was going to face, all right? So once they got through with that message, they told me, hey, we think that you've been passing on secrets to uh, foreign nationals. Uh, you've been doing something uh, illegally. Uh, you're going to uh, – do you want to – they asked me if I wanted a, a defense attorney. I said, hell yeah, I want a defense attorney. <laughs> this is a bunch of goddamn bullshit. y'all. You know, and it really pissed me off. But they were just the messengers at the time I was being broadsided. And you know, I'd already been under a pedophile, just a rumor, and that didn't work. Now I'm facing this damn Saida subversion and espionage, and, and I knew who was behind, and I kind of knew who I pissed off. But you know, if, if people are going to go to this level to play games, I've never, I'm, I, I didn't, I've never been in that type of gameship before. Uh, and, um, and, it, and I just didn't know what to do. I, I, I just well, I went to the defense attorney. Um, the defense attorney asked me, are you sure you haven't been doing anything? And I said, no, I haven't. Mm-hmm. He says, well, what? what's going to happen now is these guys are going to be following your ass around. They're, that's their job. Their job is to – they had a – apparently they have evidence to believe that you've been doing something bad to the U.S. government, passing on information, and they're going to follow you around. They're going to monitor you. They're going to do all kind of crap. And that's, and that's what happened for the next two – and so – even though it was total bullshit, but they had to do their job. And at the time, I was pissed off at them. But I was pissed. Off. I kind of knew who was at the bottom of it, but I didn't have any proof. And I and I had been, you know you've been like blindsided and you don't even know what to do and you become you become paranoid. You got anxiety attacks. You got mm-hmm. uh, high blood pressure. You got your thoughts racing through your mind and you you, you 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 know um and then I talked I talked to I mean no as far as pet I mean, yes, pedophilia, yes, I, I go eat lunch with my daughter at the school, yes. And yes, I am a playful father with all the kids. I love kids. I just, that I'm a great father, and I do, you know, I play with them. I go out with them, kick soccer and do things. But when, with, with the saída, subversion and espionage, hell, there was nothing there at all. I mean, and there was nothing there. There's nothing anywhere. So these were events that occurred in one chapter of my life which was hell to me. Uh, I mean, and I was an accomplished, (laughs) I was a very accomplished person at that time with a lot of badges, a lot of awards that most of them. And so a lot of deployments and um, you know, uh, I don't know the only term take under the bus or throw under the bus or I don't, I mean in teenage, I kind of think of it as teenage girls, they have a click or a group and they want to throw you out or something. This is, this is what, this is at a senior level though. This was at a senior level. So, in the military or in the government, you can't really get rid of people unless you have hideous accusations. Hideous. I mean, it's not just that, you know, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, or maybe this guy's an asshole, or maybe he's not performing well. We're talking about you have to go to certain levels of craziness to try to get that person out or to either kick him out or to transfer the trash, passing the trash. So um, basically— None of it worked. None, none of it came to fruition at all, but it still was a dagger in me. It, it, it played on my mind for a long time, and uh, that was kind of that situation. Um, but uh, I, I, if you, I, can, I can follow up with any questions of viewers or you might have. On how those yeah. things occur, yeah.
0: yeah. That's, I mean, that's insane to think of. Somebody just, just got rubbed the wrong way. Somebody just got mad, so they started making up all these crazy accusations about you. I've got a friend of mine that almost lost custody of her child because of somebody doing the same thing. Unfounded accusations can absolutely destroy a person's entire life.
1: There's it's, no doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It did. I mean, it, it, and it's not just me, but they're also like poking at. So my my wife there were people looking at her like, oh, my God, you're like, you know, they had those thoughts, and they, so you could tell that we were considered different. I'm Hmm. not, you know, and so they're attacking me. You're, you're, I mean, with a guy, I don't know, but but you just want to go, like, you want to blow people up, and you want to kill them, and uh, that's the anger that I had, and I've never had, I have never been put, we've all got angry about things, but I have never in my life gotten pushed to a point where I was going to, literally you know burn stuff down kill people and and, and 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 it's not just for that day and it's not just for that week it is for years that i would dream about it and fantasize about it <laughs> so that's how that's how much it pushed me that's how much it that's what that's not what and, and and my plan was i will retire honorably out of the army and then what i was going to do is i was going to hire a hit squad to go kick these people's asses but you know what i had to go through counseling and that's not going to work because you're still going to have the same issues if you did that. Right. And you might even get in more trouble, and I had to work through that. That was a hard time to work through, but yeah. that's what I wanted to. And so I, I didn't know, but I could I could just write about it and talk about it and express it. I did it in counseling, and maybe that'll help, and that's kind of how I want to process that, that various hideous, wicked time um, that even sometimes flares up in my mind even right now, uh, or any, or it, sometimes it'll come. It's getting better because I'm talking about it, your, your therapy, uh, just talking about it, expressing to Amanda or anybody out there about these things helps me out. It helps me out. It helps me gain perspective in life. Yeah.
0: That is fantastic. How's your relationship now with your daughter and with your family?
1: Oh my God, my daughter. So <laughs> my daughter, she, she read this damn book that I wrote uh, soldier against all odds, uh, which nearly damn near killed me. <laughs> but, uh, she was proud of it. And she's my greatest critic. I mean, if she's going to, she criticizes me over everything. She, but, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's a daughter though. But, but when she, she started, she, <laughs> during the spring break, she started taking notes and I saw it in her car. She says, you know, dad, I'm, I'm taking notes. And, uh, and she's writing down notes. I'm, I'm still trying to get that book from her that she wrote the notes down in because I want to see her notes. But she read it, and she, she studied the damn thing. Uh, so, uh, but I, you know, everything's fine, right? Everything's cool. Uh, everything's, at that, at that time when we were going through these pedophilia charges and all that bullshit, well, just accusations, I couldn't talk to her about that because she was only seven, eight, nine years old. Oh, and, uh, poor so kid. I, But now she looks back and sees how it affected me, and um so she can see these things It, a matter of fact probably grew closer with my daughter with this book by writing it out and which is kind of uh, you know strange things occur i didn't know that was going to happen i was just doing this pretty much to get the stories out about a lot of things but she really enjoyed it a lot and I- I, I think now she wants to compete with my book and try to make a life even more exciting with me. It's like, Oh God, don't I don't know if I want you to do that. <laughs> but she you know, she's a competitor and she's probably thinking, Well, I'm gonna do more exciting things than my daddy did <laughs> So but that's just, that's just my thoughts on that. Yeah. But no, everything's um everything's all cool. Um, but we stayed together and you know, during those times of hell, uh you gotta look look, look to your, your loved ones really. Um And just hold on to them. And if you know you're doing the right thing. But see, at that time, the people in the government, the army, they were trying to kick my fucking ass. They were trying to kick me out. And I thought, I felt I was betrayed about my own organization at the time. And uh, I felt that that I I, I just never, I've never been hit that way. And, uh, you know, um, so, but when I go to that chapter, I had to change names. The names have been changed Mm -hmm. in that chapter. Uh, also to go through this book and to give you credibility i also tell you the sins and the failures of my life and the adventures of my life in an honest way so when i go to that the the, the, the very sensitive thing that i just talked about that you'll know that i'm you know I'm, I'm I'm trying to tell the truth about everything about everything which 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 is very very hard in life i know that you've written a book and uh to put that thing out there And then to understand that, well, you know, people might see you differently, and and it's vulnerability. Uh, It it, it is a tough thing to do uh, to be vulnerable and to open up and to say, "This is what happened—the good and the bad and the ugly." And that's that was the most difficult part of the book. Really, is just to open that up.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And when you're talking about all of this, you know, I know that you've had to overcome a lot of stuff. Do you have words of encouragement for other people that need to overcome or compensate for like the personal humiliation, the frailty, the, the, the delicacy of life when they have these false accusations being thrown at them?
1: Yeah. Um, you you, you, you got to stay on the high ground and the high ground, you got to stay on the moral, moral road. Don't let them take you into the gutter, which is really difficult very difficult to do don't let them take you into the gutter understand that years later you're gonna learn from something you're gonna learn from this you'll learn who to stay away from you'll learn who to trust you're going through hell I understand that but try to stay away from the gutter which trust me that was really hard for me to do that was like <laughs> really hard yeah. for me to do I wanted to go into the gutter with them but see if you go into the gutter with them a pig you know a pig loves to fight in the mud and if you go into the mud with the pig, all you're doing is fighting with the pig in the mud. That's where they want you at. You don't want, you don't want to go there. You got, you got to take the high ground. And whatever that high ground means for you, that's where you go. And trust me, it's so l- luscious to, to, just to want to get into the mud. But, but really what happens, I think, if you get into the that's where their game is. That's where they're going to fight you. That's where they're going to kill you. And I almost been there. I almost went there. Matter of fact, me and my father... Wanted to kick the shit out of somebody, and we got a uh, baseball bats from Walmart, and we were going to beat the shit out of them uh, on oh uh, in Jacksonville, gosh. Florida. It was in February 2010. His name was tits. Well, I made up the name, but but no, we, we almost went to that route to do a whack job on him, and I almost went to the route to do a whack job on my after. So I said, No, I just, it was an instinct. I says, I just, you know what, if they've gone to this, if they've gone to this damn length of pedophilia, uh, subversion espionage computer there's all kind of computer crashes we weird, weird if they've gone to all that route that they you know they're 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 pretty damn uh they, they're pretty creative if i gave them anything to get me on god then they would they would really get me on it so i i just had to avoid that which was so damn hard
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's so hard to not want to get revenge on people when they've done you dirty like this. Because I mean, this is a really, really great example of how somebody can just do you dirty and just not even bat an eyelash. It doesn't bother them at all. And trying to get revenge on them in some, you know, underhanded way, where you're not, you know, threatening their life, most of the time it doesn't even faze them. They still just don't care.
1: Yeah. So there, you got to understand the pig in the mud. Um, th- they've been doing that for a while. It ain't just yeah. you, probably. So they're more experienced at it. And so you get shocked, and you get shock and awe. and Like, oh, my right. God. And then so your reaction is, but if you go there and you're not experienced to be in the mud like them, you're going to get your ass whooped, I think. But that, that, <laughs> right. so that's what you – you don't want to go that route. I mean, because that may be not be who you are, and therefore you're going into a different zone that you're not experienced at doing. And – uh uh, there's a high percent chance that you're going to fail somehow, I think. Uh, well, I've already, I've thought this out a lot. <laughs> I think, but uh, I've, I've thought this out a lot, a whole lot. I told, but uh, so I just thought uh, I just couldn't. I can't, I can't go there. And I got you got to stay true to who you are, whoever you are. And that's your, whoever your heart is. That's kind of what you need to kind of go for. Yeah
0: right and it's so important to make sure that you're focusing on staying true to exactly who you are exactly like you just said because the only other thing that's going to happen is you're going to alter who you are as a human being in order to try and get revenge on these people that have done you wrong and in that you're going to become somebody that you don't want to be and somebody that you don't like because you already don't like the people that did it to you do you really want to stoop to their level
1: yeah, and exactly. And that's something yeah. that was hard for me to go through. And I, I even had to talk to professional counselors about that subject. For, oh, so yeah. You're, you're getting it now for five minutes. On, <laughs> but no, I had, to, I had to work through all that. And uh, damn right. And, you know, so I know it hurts, it's hard, and it's, uh, it's bitter, but um, you have to somehow work through it. I know what I did for a while as I worked, I, visual, I visualized these things in photographs. And I worked through it through an elliptical machine on the uh, gym, and what I would do is I would cry, and I would laugh on the machine. I would allow allow my emotions to come out on a physical machine. Um, Some people, you know, they'll walk, and they'll think, or that left-right-left process for me allowed me to express my emotions. I might cry, I might laugh, I might, you know, just, you know, get angry on the machine, and I would allow it to come through, but... Everybody has their different techniques of how they want to process things. And um, so that was just me. That's how I did it. But yeah, that's exactly right.
0: That's pretty cool. I like that you found healthy ways of being able to work through it eventually. It took a little while to get there, of course. Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was was drinking Jack Daniels out of a, And I wanted to go down there. I had a knife in my hand and I wanted to go down there and slash tires and cut wires and you know that's not gonna work i mean I, I don't know how i got around that but i didn't do it and uh, but I, I definitely wanted to do it i definitely wanted to go i, I could find these people on a computer i could find their houses i could hire somebody I, you know I, i'm pretty successful in life and not yeah. you know I, I could hire somebody to do a whack job and send me the photos i don't want to kill them i don't want to whack but no all that stuff uh really i'm still going to be living with me and what happened and yeah. uh so uh that that's not worth it it's not worth it going that route um you can dream about it and you can you know fantasize about it whatever you know but don't do it, <laughs> Just don't <Right>. do it.
0: <laughs> be careful and not cr- don't cross those lines once you cross <laughs> them you can't uncross them <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah man what what a wild story I, do you know if they ever uh, faced any kind of repercussions for what they did to you
1: Uh, I doubt it very seriously. Um, if if there's any repercussions about anything that they've done and they've saw this book and they, they know who they are. Other people know who they are with this book. The names have been changed, but they definitely know. I'm very detailed. I'm pretty, pretty detailed on the book. And we have a small population of people in my profession, so I'm sure they know. (laughs) I I, I know somebody, I I know somebody. Who put a one star on my? It's okay. It's okay. Cool. Oh. So I've got I've got over ninety five reviews, and most of them are like a four point nine. But somebody, I'm sure, I'm pissed. Somebody off and gave me a one star. But no, I'm no. But really, I'm I'm, I'm okay. But the, the the book is the 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 thing is is that. But my life overall has been a success. But I think what sets my book up a little differently than most books, memoirs, is that. It's not all blood and guts. Matter I've only been to Afghanistan once where I saw blood and guts, but most of the blood and guts were the enemy within. Meaning I'm oh. just talking about. It yeah, it wasn't the Taliban. It, it was our own damn people that are our Americans that were soldiers. That were that was my enemy. That was my more of my enemy what we just talked about. These right. were these were senior uh people uh in the in the military and um so that was wow. more of my enemy than the true enemy, which was the Taliban, which I'm you know, trying to kill, but um, that's kind of strange how the enemy within can be worse than the actual, you know, enemy out there in Afghanistan.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's so common too. A lot of people believe that the only enemy that you would face in the world are the obvious enemies, but 90% of the enemies that we have to face every single day are the, the hidden, the secret enemies. You know, you yeah. expect these people that are in your life, that are supposedly on your side to be there for you to have your back because that's what you're trained to do especially in the military you gotta have each other's back or everything falls apart and when they turn against you and they just decide oh look he pissed me off i'm gonna change his life forever what do you do i mean it's it's it seems like it would be so overwhelming and difficult to be able to manage yeah, it is very
1: I mean, uh it is it was very difficult. I had anxiety attacks. I went into the hospital. First time I ever wow. saw a counselor was when I was a senior. The first time I ever got a negative evaluation, you know what? They, they could give me a negative evaluation. That's fine. Don't tell me I'm a pedophile and don't tell me that I've been selling secrets again. So what I'm saying is like it went to a different level of being like vindictive and um that was broadsided me. I didn't know how to handle it. Now, in hindsight, I feel that the details tell the truth. So if you're in those situations we talked about, I think if you could just try, try to relive it and know who, what, when, where, and why. Just who, what, when, where, and why and just write notes or a journal, whatever type of language, you, whatever, whatever broken English, What, who, what, what, those, the details do not lie. And the thing is, and I knew that at the time, but I was in such a state of, how in the hell am I going to get through next hour, next day that you couldn't even think straight? I couldn't. There's no doubt I couldn't do my job. Uh, I, I was just trying to survive. That's all I was doing on a day-to-day basis and watching my back and being paranoid. But I, I did a little bit of who went, when, and where, and why. But, but it was very, very difficult to try to figure out or try to if I could, if, and I and I tried to do that as best, but I couldn't. I couldn't really write. I couldn't even think. Uh, I was at that point of total anxiety, total paranoia on a day to day basis, thinking that someone out there is coming after my ass to kick me out for some reason that is totally bullshit. And so uh, it's really difficult. But if you can do that, and then give it to certain people, maybe uh, well, in the military, you give it to certain authorities, like the investiga- uh, investigation division, or you can give it to the chaplain, because there's certain people who have certain rights that they can, they can get the stuff up. But, um, uh, but yeah, uh, I you know. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, I did survive it. Uh, I would go about it a different way if I. Uh, if I <laughs> Yeah, you know, we all can look back and say how I can handle it differently. But. Right. <laughs>
0: but at the same time, we also have to give ourselves grace because we can't predict the futures and we can't um, predict how we're going to react in a situation either. And that's something that I face a lot of times. People com- constantly comment and say, well, if I were them, I would have. No, you don't know that the- that's exactly what you would or would not have done. You weren't in the situation. You didn't have to face what this person faced. You weren't in these in, in these scenarios. You know. Yeah, yeah. You can't you do it to yourself either.
1: Yeah, you don't. You just you, unless you're placed in those situations, and um, you just don't really know how you're going to react and to be blindsided by different things. Uh, like right. that that pet that I've never ever in my life have been almost passed out angry for pedophilia. And that's like right. That's my. I am. I am the great father. I am a wonderful father. I know that. And someone who doesn't have a kid wants to say, like, do that bullshit to me. Oh my God! I just like. I just like. I just almost was. I almost passed out. And so, I mean, false accusations. That's a. They can ruin a lot of things. Oh uh, yeah. It's just. A, it's just. Uh. I don't know if it's. You know, in on the on the television, you hear oh this guy's going through an investigation and everything's okay and everybody's ha- handling everything fine well, <laughs> me, I'd say, well that's a bunch of bullshit because <laughs> you're going through an investigation and you're saying everything's fine we're just going through another investigation i don't know i, I can't i can't believe everything can be fine with that because i've been through one and it was hell it was hell on earth and i saw this television they'd say oh well this guy's got a- Oh, every, everybody's getting investigated you no know? well, they put it this was now see this was private with me it wasn't public but if they put it on the television that's even more worse i would think because everybody knows it and then oh yeah it, and mine was more private more but people did find out but it was more in that private setting of the military and so but um it, i just laugh at these people it's like oh we're going through an investigation and everything we're finally doing okay <laughs> like, right oh.
0: <laughs> yeah that that's the face they want the world to see that is not the face of reality
1: <laughs> right. yeah. So, yeah so that's I, I, I just like to turn off the news a lot so yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what is your goal with your book
1: my goal is to give inspiration and hope and, uh, you know, never quit to anybody and no matter what phase of life they're in. And I know Amanda, I read part of your book and I, you know, I always compare myself to other survivors and people of that nature. And I'm thinking, Oh man, I'm, they're more of a survivor than me. And you compare yourself. And so, but no, really, it's really trying to put yourself, uh, and give your, uh, vulnerability to someone that, uh, no matter what phase, I think the book is just, inspiration hope survival never quit it's that old thing but uh, I've kind I've kind of gone through it a different way and uh with this I think it's more of a an emotional a life roller coaster of events uh, from a person in a uniform and uh so it's
0: I think that's what I'm trying to do yeah give inspiration and hope yeah that is very cool and I love that you are doing that um I am going to be uh, reading a small portion of your book at the end of this episode. I just want everybody to know that. Um, I'm a big. <laughs> but where can people <laughs> learn more about you and purchase your book if they're looking for it?
1: Oh gosh. Uh, jasonpike.org, org, Jason Pike, like Pike speak, JasonPike.org the Pike Speak. And yeah, that's where you're going to find my website. Uh, that's where you're going to find also how to connect with me and you'll find how to get to Amazon. I'm on Amazon, uh, a soldier against on odds on Amazon. Uh, I'm Audible, so I'm on. Uh, also, what this memoir is, not only is a national bestseller, but I'm on Audible and audio. So I am the voice. I'm the narrator. I am the author. I am the author. You're getting it from the horse's mouth. Everything from me, <laughs> and uh, so I think it sets it up a little differently. So yeah, JasonPike.org, and you'll find it there.
0: Yep. Awesome. And I'll make sure that I put that in the episode description too, so that people can easily find that as well as we also have links to your LinkedIn page and your Facebook page. So pages, you've got two different uh, Facebook pages. Yeah. I've got,
1: uh, if you go back up there in uh, Potmatch, you're going to find some other links, but yeah, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, I think I'm on Instagram, but there's a few other things, but no, I've, I've tried to. I'm trying to get my social media skills up together. It's kind of hard yeah. <laughs> it's
0: It's just not the easiest thing anymore, is it?
1: <laughs> That's <right>. this, everything <laughs> one thing after the other yeah, I know that
0: so,
1: <laughs> I'm better at expressing this thing and uh I'm not a technic now I'm not much of a technocrat at all, but I'm trying to do that.
0: You well, know? <laughs> yeah. wow, this is amazing um I always have one last question that I ask people before I let them go and it is my absolute most favorite question of the interview always. What is one thing that you love about yourself that's not related to your physical appearance?
1: I am creative. I am very creative which which is not good in the, which is not good <laughs> skill in the They want to tell you what to do but I'm always looking around doing other things. I'm I kind of wander around and I think a little differently. I'm creative, and a lot of people see me alone thinking maybe I'm scratching my head. I'm thinking about something how to handle a situation a different way how do I so I'm a very creative in, uh, in June so I think this book I think this audio the, the, this is this is speaking to my creativity, which I've probably capped down over the years because in the army you're just supposed to do what you're supposed to do you're supposed to do what you're told to do and now i'm out there i'm kind of odf out there flapping and i'm out there in the wind and so i'm like oh man i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that maybe i'm gonna have a movie i don't know what i'm gonna do hell this is all creativity and so um that's the that's the thing about me i think a lot of people don't know and uh it takes me a little longer than most but i'm a forrest gump maybe a forrest gump number two so that's what I'm working at. Yeah. That's what I'm, I love that shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Jason, this has been amazing. You are so much fun to talk to. I hate that my episodes are only 30 minutes long right now.
1: <laughs> oh, it's all right. I can keep on going as long as you want. So just to get, the, to get the best out there for the audience and the viewers uh, to give them inspiration and hope and no, no matter whatever they are. And, you know, Yeah.
0: well, since you're such a creative guy, um, I have a feeling there's probably going to be more books in your future, maybe. Oh, (laughs) yeah. If that happens, let me know. I would love to have you on the show again and to um, kind of keep connected with you and, and remind people of who you are and what your story is, where you come from, and how it is that you're able to inspire others
1: yeah so we're me and my writer uh ghostwriter i guess we everybody's got a ghostwriter i I can't even write I failed the first grade of English English is my word but no uh so what what we're trying to do is um we want to uh, uh it's more of a self help guide for veterans uh to get their benefits and democracy of the veterans administration and how to find a way to get their veteran their deserved benefits and so so this one was shouldn't be as <laughs> this this book shouldn't be as much of a problem as the first book, but it ain't gonna be. You know, I mean, the first book was a, a soldier against all odds is a, is, a, is a hell of a task. There's no doubt. But this book, we have, we, have other, we have other resources how we can uh, uh, help other veterans and give stories and things of that nature, make it more humorful. A self-help guide is kind of boring. i like, okay, go here for that, go here for that, and do this or that. So, but we want to put it in a way for the average, maybe the below average person like myself. So put it in a way uh, that, to explain how you get your veterans' benefits. And a lot of veterans out there, they think, "Well, I don't deserve it because, you know what, I wasn't out there with the combat people." Or they'll say, right. "Well, I don't deserve it because I didn't do this." And well, well, guess what? You served, you deserve. And but they a lot of them don't think that. There's a lot of them out there that don't get their benefits because they just don't feel that they're obligated to it, and that's, I think yeah. that's a bunch I think that's a bunch of bullshit. But I'm going to try to put it out there in my own way of how to do that, how to get the benefits. Yeah, that's Fantastic.
0: I actually know several veterans who have had exactly what you just said. They either believed that they didn't deserve it because they weren't in combat zones, or they believed that at the time they didn't need it, so they weren't going to use it. Uh, several people that I know have uh, had to deal with being lied to by some people within the military saying, well, now that a certain amount of time has lapsed, you're not entitled to these benefits, and that's just not the case. People do need this help. They need to hear this oh. information.
1: Oh, yeah, and uh, I, I've seen the other self-help books, and I, I'm pretty cool with it, but yeah, I want to put it in a way, a, persu- a persuasive way, in my own storytelling style of why you need to go through this and why you do deserve this, and that's you're right. For example, a lot of people think, well, well. so if you don't think you need your veteran's benefits because somebody else in combat, okay, let's just assume that's at your thinking or whatever. Well, guess what? Uh, that means that you, that means if you're going to think that logic, that means you should not take your social security benefits because hmm. you 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 served in an office that had air conditioner. But there is all there's also construction workers out there that served their social security benefits that worked out there on the line, like out in the uh, in, on the asphalt. So therefore, that means that you that means you shouldn't take your social security benefits. But they're both earned. The the construction workers' benefits were earned, and you were earned in the, you know, air-conditioned office. So, I mean, that logic, don't think, I don't think that logic, because, you know, it, it, social security benefits or veterans' benefits, you earned them. Why in the hell don't you take them, you know? Right, you know, right. That's, yeah, that's how
0: I'm <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I have to agree. My grandfather was Navy. My dad was Air Force. My husband was Navy. I mean... All these people, I, I've seen all these people go through stuff in their lives, whether they were in combat zones or not, where they're physically limited now because of something that happened during their tenure in the Air Force or in the, in the military. And it's it's insane to think that they are of this mindset that I, I'm not going to take that because it's a handout. It's not a handout. <laughs>
1: It's not a handout. You, you earned it. You deserved it. Now, they, they may have been three years in the Air Force, or sometimes I call that the chair force, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. And so it's like, okay, I was in the Army. I was in blood and guts. It doesn't matter. You've served. There's a definite period of time where you served. You served honorably or not, even less than honorably. And uh, that means you deserve it. And it's like, just like anybody like, uh, was in the uh, you know, Social Security benefits, they, they earned it. Whatever they did, they earned that. They should take it hell you ain't gonna save the government your honor to the you know military you're not gonna be so much you, the, oh I'm honorable because i'm gonna save it for you ain't saving shit for nobody and think that's, <laughs> you ain't saving a damn thing because the government's gonna pay they're gonna they're gonna spend their ass off on all these other so you just go ahead and get your benefits and um you know that's just kind of how it's supposed to go but it's really hard and I, I I've spoken to a lot of people and they they think uh
0: oh man your energy is just great you are just off the charts fun (laughs) wonderful yes uh
1: whatever i can do to help your viewers out and your podcast out i'm willing to go for it i can have other episodes i have other types of stories i've almost died in shit uh really literally in shit i mean drowned in shit there's all kind of wild stories out there Uh, (laughs) my uh, gosh yes so you could have various episodes of this thing uh, but um, so, yeah, I, I can go from PTSD to drowning and shit and just all kind of wild arrests, ass chewings, uh, lots of multiple. I've had multiple arrests, even as a senior person. So, yeah. So, yeah, we can we can go different routes on this one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> tell you what, I I, I, I want to jump on this quickly. Send me an email, if you will, later on today. Uh, and we'll see what we can do about getting you scheduled because I'd love to have just another chat with you and and uh, get another episode out of this because I, I love talking to you. I think this is amazing. Yes,
1: we can do that, and I'll I'll send an e- email say, hey, here here I am. We'll work this one out. We'll we'll, we'll schedule something in the future. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, awesome. Yep.
0: Fantastic! Thank you so much, Lieutenant Colonel. I've never talked to a Lieutenant Colonel before. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jason Pike, what an awesome dude you are! Oh, thank you very much. And you don't have to call me Lieutenant Colonel because I get paid. The pay, the <laughs> payment
1: of my uh, salary, means a whole lot to me. And uh, I don't care about Lieutenant Colonel. I just care about my pay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed tonight's episode please make sure you check out the episode description. There you'll find links on how you can learn more about this guest, links to connect with them on social media, and how to support the podcast. Remember, I don't get paid to do this. My boss is a bit tight-fisted. I can say that. I work for myself. In short, this show really is all about the guest. If you've enjoyed their interview, please feel free to let them know. You can also tune in to my other podcast, Growth From Darkness, which is co-hosted by a lovely lady from Australia. We talk about what trauma responses are and healthy ways to move beyond the past. For more information, just go to growthfromdarkness.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash growth from darkness.